This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Llanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room, Dr. Travis Fox. How are you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing good, man. We're doing good. We're excited. We were having a, a lot of back and forth banter just before hitting record, which is always a good sign. Always a good sign. Uh, and I was wondering, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? No, I don't. Uh, I come from what would you call bi-hemispheric. So my mother was completely right brain model and an actress. So I grew up with just entertainment, but the business model wasn't really her for her, her forte. Complete opposite, left side of the brain was my father, uh, engineer, uh, multiple masters in engineering, uh, fighter pilot, military man, all the way through his entire life. So if you can imagine, I always tell people, look, if you ever saw the original movie Top Gun, it didn't end that way. It ended like that, where, you know, after nine years of this marriage between, you know, the fighter pilot and the model, you think this would be something straight out of Hollywood. Nope. It was straight out of didn't make sense and didn't work out by the time I was nine and a half and we came back to the United States. My parents decided to divorce. And what was interesting about that, and that's not anything spectacular. It happens all the time. Not that that's great, but what made it unique for my personal journey is my parents in their, you know, their other sides of the brain, both working completely opposite, sat me down and said, hey, we're getting divorced and you get to choose who you live with. So at nine and a half years old, my brain, my entire life shifted from being a child to now quasi learning to take care of myself, fend for myself. And we call that now obviously limbic or reptilian. And I went into survival mode. And my childhood pretty much ended at that point. And my relationship with both of my parents for a while was extraordinarily strained because it, when I would talk with my mother, it was obviously all entertainment. It was all, hey, we're going to be filming. I was used to being on sets or being on, on location with her. And to me, that was kind of normal. But I kind of found out later in my life, that isn't normal. And then with my father, the only way that we could relate was in this very left brain you know, kind of wizard modality of golf, because that was the only thing that we could share. He had put a golf club in my hand when I was five years old, and I just kind of took to it. But anything outside of golf, dad and I were literally two bachelors, you know, trying to survive and get through because my father had become quite emotionally depressed at, at the uh, and, and uh, suppressed would be a better word during the time of um, the separation and divorce of my mom until I left to go to university. So that's kind of how I grew up, you know, and that's kind of the snapshot. I mean, like I said, at the beginning, when we were bantering, well, this show's not long enough for me to talk about my entire <laughs> journey because we'll be here for like 500 years. But that's just kind of a snapshot. But, you know, beneficially and gratefully, it set me on my road to become an entrepreneur. I started my first entrepreneurial journey when I was 13 years old. Um, all I wanted to do was have my own money because my father being very left brain, ultra conservative, you have to earn it kind of mentality, uh, as opposed to my mom who had taught me, hey, go in entertainment, do what you love, be passionate about it. And Money is quite good and it comes naturally. So it's this very dichotomous from input, but for me, they blended together. So now I get to use both sides of my brain, which just sounds odd, but I get to use both. So I'm extraordinarily creative, but I can also be right on the button with, with analytics and analysis and, you know, kind of the wizard side. We're over here more on the creative side. So from a certain point of view, they did, they did me great. And I started my entrepreneurial journey when I was 13 and I've been doing that now for 
I'm now 51, so call it roughly just shy of 40 years, 30, 35, 40 years. And I've always been an entrepreneur and uh, will always be one. And I love entrepreneurs because that's where creative spirit really comes from. Yeah, man. I mean, there's so much to unpack there. And I think <laughs> in, in service of the of the conversation, uh, you you said something, you know, by, by, by Hammerl, I think is what you said. Um, but I, what I wanted, what I'm getting at is you studied something in school uh, that was more than just business. It sounds like. Yeah, actually I did. I, you know, what was interesting between my father and I, and I don't, you know, I'm sure listeners out there can relate. If you can, let's go down this road together. My father was one of those types of fathers that my life was planned out for me, according to him. I was going to be a PGA Tour professional golfer. That was it. And anything that distracted me from that was either eliminated from my life or in his case was negatively reflected upon. And I'm being polite. When I say negatively reflective, it was pretty much he gave me a lot of crap. Let's just leave it at that. And it was constant. If it's not on golf, then nothing else matters. The challenge with that is it zapped me of the passion of the game. By the time I was 18, leaving high school, getting ready to go to university, subconsciously, uh, under, under my not even my own awareness, I started to rebel. I started to say, look, dad, I'm great at golf, but you love it more than I do. And I'm not here to live by, let you live vicariously through me. This is your dream. My dream is to go do it because I wanted to relate with you. But if this is really about, you know, no matter what I do, it's never going to be good enough. I have two words for you. They're not love you. So how about <laughs> this? I'm going to subconsciously rebel. I went in as a real estate major. I came out of psychology major. Go figure. I became a first-time father my freshman year of college, uh, almost as a subconscious rebellion and, and nothing to do with my child, but to do with myself in relationship with my father, because it was the only way I could destroy that image of myself. And as painful as that was, it took me down a very dark rabbit hole, the, the proverbial dark night of the soul, except for instead of being one night, it lasted damn near a year. And it was the only time in my life I ever contemplated ending my own life, um, which I did take one look at that and said, hell no, I'm too chicken to do that. I'm going to stick this out. And the second thing was from that, and this is where I always remind people that the journey that we're all on called life has these beautiful, magical moments, and they don't necessarily seem like it at the time, but if you stop and look at it, there are oftentimes the things that are the worst and most tragic things you can experience are truly the, the guideposts that save you from or turn you towards. This was the case with me. I met my mentor and master who really was the one that got me into the deep ends of psychology and subconscious modality, doing shadow work. And how do we develop ourselves truly to move from self-help to really self-transformation? Because self-transformation is an active process. Help is more codependent. I mean, we'll do the same thing over and over again. Like, you know, yeah, yeah, we'll rub up and down. We'll yell, we went to a great network meeting. And guess what? I met Jason and I met Philip, and this is awesome. And Monday morning, it's right back to the same crap. And that's what the self-help industry is fraught with. Unfortunately, it's a $936 billion business a year, which started me thinking, well, wait a minute, what if we developed a way for entrepreneurs and just people in general, but entrepreneurs, my specific focus to make it fun and to transform ourselves in the process. They've always been bifurcated as business is business and you stay in your business mode and you make a lot of money or whatever it is you do. And then you finally have your you know, uh, what I call midlife crisis, some around 40, and then you shift over and maybe I should make it my priority straight or, you know, get a, you know, a young blonde and a Corvette who's 21. And that's going to call really my life again. Or two, we're always in the, the, the self-help business, but we end up being so woo-woo and such into that experience that it doesn't translate into our business world. And they've always been very separate, which makes no sense because if you're an entrepreneur, you are the single reason for your success and or your failure. 
or more importantly, your blue sky, your ceiling that you can't get to, or excuse me, your glass ceiling, you can't get to the blue sky. But they've always been separated. And that never made sense to me. And I said, well, guys, by the time you have your midlife crisis, you're halfway home, right? You're in your 40s, maybe your 50s. If you're lucky, you get to play the back nine of life and you make it to 100. Or if you're always in the self-help world and it's always woo-woo, and I don't mean that it's always woo-woo, but it tends to hang out there and you're looking for that endorphinal experience, well, how the hell does that translate over to my business model? What does that do with my KPIs? What does that do with my analytics? How do I do with my hiring and firing process or my sales process or my cultural development? Because if it's so woo-woo, sometimes it freaks people out. They're not ready for that movement. What if you created a system where they were blended together and you could actually create an entrepreneurial journey, but make it fun where you're literally all about the serious game of business in fun? Because remember, this is still a life's journey. And the part of what makes entrepreneurialism so much fun is we all subscribe to this big drug called freedom. That's why we became entrepreneurs. We didn't become entrepreneurs because of the clout or because we got to go public or we were cool on social media. We did it because we wanted to go travel and do whatever we want to do, whatever we want to do it. And we'll be damned if some boss is going to tell us we can or cannot do it on our two-week vacation. So we're all rebels at heart. And I clearly fit in. So for the last 31 years, that has been my endeavor, both from the psychology side, which, you know, I, I achieved my PhD and I achieved my second doctorate in clinical hypnotherapy, but my master and mentor really taught me and was so brilliant, way ahead of my, my own awareness. And it took me till I was around 36 till he finally said, hey, wide awake, kid, this is why I've been showing you what's up. And the technique is actually called reverse hypnotic thematic learning through, synthes- through uh, synthesiastic movement. Wow, that's fun to say at cocktail parties. Who cares? Tell me what that means in real world traffic. What it really means is we are so good at hypnotizing ourselves to believe crap we know is not true that we're constantly in battle between our head and our heart. And that's why we gravitate towards the self-help side to try to get some semblance of continuity, of some semblance of alignment, these pop psych words. The challenge is we're so busy trying to build our business, survive our business, grow our business, scale our business, hire and fire and all the things that go on, that this gets put on the back burner. And guess what happens? We get in conflict with ourselves. And so the journey for me was, why did they have to be separate? I don't get it. And I'm a big kid. If you ever watched the movie Benjamin Button with Brad Pitt, I'm that guy. I was responsible. I was young. I was, you know, I was an adult. I was the oldest 21-year-old you ever met in your entire life. I needed a coronchobectomy, and it was a very powerful medical procedure. If you don't know what it is, and those of you listeners, uh, listeners don't, it's a medical procedure that we developed called coronchobectomy, which basically removed the coronchob out of your ass and loosen up a little bit and have fun. And I had to do that at 21. <laughs> so... So we finally realized, hey, wait a minute, you know, if you and your business are one, you know, and you are the driving force and all of your people that are with you, if you are starting to become, you know, whatever, uh, angry, you're yelling, you're screaming, you're constantly in this pressure mode, it loses fun. And here's the challenge. All of us are still little kids at heart. I know that sounds odd, but we are. Even Elon Musk, the most wealthiest man in history, is a big kid. He's still a dreamer, which is why he's talking about Mars and things we talk about. But we get so caught up in trying to be an adult. And here's the best part. We have no frame of reference psychologically how to be one. Here's the proof for all of you out there going, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm a, I'm a full-grown man or woman. I didn't say you weren't full-grown. I said adult. There's a difference between those two statements. And what I mean by that is psychologically and subconsciously, you know, we're all imprinted roughly from zero to eight years old. 80% of our personality subconsciously is formed through a thing called the four pillars, mother, father, religion, and culture. Those are the things that really form the base 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 of our personality. 
But the thing that drives us is fun, imagination, fearlessness, which we innately have the moment we come on the planet. And it is beat out of us through educational doctrine, through influences outside, success, failure, parent models, friends, et cetera. By the time we're 17, we've spent most of our life mastering imagination. If you could dream it, you can achieve it. If you can, if you want to be the president of the United States, you can. We're told all these things. And then mysteriously, out of the blue, like the right hook from a Mike Tyson fight, just bam, knocks you out. Oh, guess what, guys? You now graduated high school. It's time for you to get serious about your life. You need to figure out what major you're going to be in university. You need to grow up and be an adult and figure out what the, you're going to do with the rest of your life. Here's the problem. You just spent 17 years mastering the complete opposite. So we have no frame of reference, which is why many people go to college, they drop out. It's not because they're not intelligent. They have no freaking idea how to be an adult, how to manage myself, how to take care of me. I have no idea how to deal with the thoughts and gremlins that are going on in my head. And I'm lucky if passion smacks me in the face once in a while and I get confused by it because I don't know how to recognize it because I've been in such a fun state most of my life. I'm now told everything has to be serious, but I don't have any relationship for serious. So we spend the better part of our 20s and sometimes our 30s and in some tragic cases, lifetimes, seeking to unwind this concept of, oh, I'm not allowed to be a kid anymore. I've got to put these childish things away. Uh, you know, I've got to be an adult now and I've got bills to pay and da, 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 da. And name one of those things that's interesting to anybody listening to the show. None. Nobody cares about any of those things. They are boring. It's like sticking a needle in your eye and going, that's a great time. Way to go, bub. So we spent our entire life doing the exact opposite of what we've been programmed and programmed ourselves to do. And then here's the rub of it all. We're not educated on how to manage ourselves. We have no freaking idea how to get this thing up here and all the little gremlins and voices that are running around tell us that we suck, we're not good enough, we'll never make it, we're not living up to our potential, blah, 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 blah. We have no idea how to transform it. So we go on these journeys where it feels like we're going one step forward, one step back. And that's really became my quest, funds intended, for the last 31 years, helping companies, corporations, cultures. Hey, guys. We can do this in a systematic, architecturally psychology way, but make it fun. Why? Because every single one of us listening to this podcast right now, including all three of us, no one needs to teach you how to have fun. You know it. Instantly, you can drop right into fun. No problem. The challenge is how to apply it, how to keep it, and transform your entire company culture, your sales force, your hiring and firing process, your customer service relationships, and build a company that people want to be a part of. And I give you the analogy in closing this comment with this. We go back 25 years when Google and Yahoo and American Online and Prodigy and all these companies were starting. What made everybody want to go work with them was their company culture, was they were a blast. They had ping pong tables and bean bags and soda machines. You can't have that. It's supposed to be cubicles and ah, suits. And they changed company culture. You change the company culture and people want to be part of something because we all want to know that our life had significance, at least in part and partiality, that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And that became the quest of what we've been doing for the last 31 years globally. I see. So that's where uh, uh, the business quest, ultimate business quest uh, comes into the picture. Or is that something relatively new? Uh, yes and no. Um, it's I prepared my whole life for this company and for this journey. And it's been a two and a half year journey now just to get to ultimate business quest where now it's public and people can start taking their own quest, go to go from founder funding to fortune. But I prepared my whole life and the entire team has. There's 72 members in our team and our entire objective is one, we're all big dorks and goofs and misfits and ham. We're just big hams. We're like, hey, between us all, there's over 700 years of real world experience in the mastership, each in our specific space, but we have fun. 
We're like, hey, guys, it doesn't need to be yelling and screaming in the boardroom and we've got to have pressure and blah, 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 blah. No one wants to do that. I mean, if you do, good luck. You won't be around us. And good luck with that, you know, drawing people to your model. Or two, And two, it was, hey, isn't life really about, and this is going to sound really odd, isn't life really about rescuing, our, rescuing ourselves from mediocrity? Because mediocrity is a silent killer of everything. It's mediocrity of how you treat your body. It's mediocrity of getting comfortable with your own personal relationship with your significant other, your children, your business, even your investments, even traveling. Cause you're like, Oh, I've been there. Been there. What do you mean? You've been there. You're going to, you're not, there's one day you're not going to wake up and there's going to be no there. So to have any kind of space in your life where you're not completely excited and completely consumed with curiosity and exploring, then there's a time we need to stop. And the ultimate business quest is a culmination of my 31 year journey and all of my partners to go, wait a minute, there's nothing about business that doesn't need to be fun, especially for an entrepreneur. If you want to go out there and say, you know, it's got to be this, that, and the other, good luck with that. And you may have some success. That's great. But I promise you, I promise you the great universe and all the, the law of manifestation that everybody wants to talk about. I'm like, great. Guess what happens? You still turn into a knucklehead because subconsciously there's repressed anger, there's frustration, there's pressure points, there's movement that is in a, in a space of control. And I'm not saying you don't control it. What I'm saying is you don't have to control your control. It's like allow. We're so afraid to allow. And then what ends up happening is we move into a different space. And so who you are and who you think you are tend to be very different. But if I say all that to you in clinicals, both of you are going to like, who cares? You're not interested. You'll check out. Why? Because it's like watching paint dry twice. I get it. I've been in this space 31 years myself. So part of what we did is we looked at the thematics. What makes people move? And the one thing we realized in all of our uh, all of our testing on the 30 years of data and secondary data working with at-risk youth teenagers and the number one center in the United States was, hey, wait a minute, we can come in through the front door and bash it through. We can give you all the clinicals and all the data and all the things you need to do and da 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 Well, if that worked, we wouldn't have a $936 billion self-help business a year. So that doesn't work. What worked was when we looked at and we shift people into a fantastical realm. And we changed the fantastical language and fantastical characters. And we took them on an adventure. They became immersed in that concept. No different than when you watch a movie, let's say Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. You're watching what took two plus years to make before it got to your screen. But you get to experience it in two hours, compressed time. We took the exact same model and said, what's the one thing that everybody has? Fun. Because everybody wants to have fun, which is analogous to freedom. Everybody wants to be free so they can experience their life before it's over. But two was, hey, wait a minute, we need to compress time for their entrepreneurial training so they know exactly how to do all this and have fun doing it and implement it instantly for real with real results. And then two, give them the blueprint to do it so that they could go on this adventure and make it fun. Because we know when we put you in the fantastical realm, which is a really fancy way of saying, guys, when we get into your subconscious and we get into your shadow we get into what's really running the show of why you keep hitting that glass ceiling and why you have these limiting belief structures and why you don't believe in yourself and why you can't get over the, the, the seven-figure hump or the eight-figure hump or, heck, you can't even get the, the five figures, whatever. Whatever the number is, it's because there's stuff down here that has been not been reprogrammed and we keep trying to think our way through it. Now, I, I'll quote the one of the greatest minds in history, Mr. Einstein, who said, hey, that which created the problem can't solve it, which means if our mind created our problem, which it did, it can't solve itself. It's mental masturbation, which is great if you love masturbating, but that really doesn't work in your business model very often, unless you're in the sex business. And even then that's a little weird. So when we start looking at it, we go in this loop of constant driving ourselves bananas, as opposed to what if we had a blueprint, we were questing with a bunch of other people all around the world who are all in different businesses. And we learn how to do things in a completely different model. 
what happens is the subconscious transforms itself, literally transforms itself. When you transform yourself, now all of a sudden, how you see the world instantly changes. And quoting the great Wayne Dyer, when you want to change the way you see things, change the way you see things inside. But we don't, we're really not taught that. We're taught, hey, I got a great idea. You guys need to go to high school. You need to get good grades and you need to learn how to take a lot of tests so that you can get those good grades so you get into school. We're not going to teach you anything, though. We're just going to teach you to memorize a bunch of crap and regurgitate it so that we look like we're actually teaching you something commonly called education. The problem is we come out educatedly intelligent and life stupid. And we have to go out and learn it through the next school you get indoctrinated into called uh, induc- uh, induced, excuse me, uh, it's called the School of Hard Knocks. Here's the problem with School of Hard Knocks. It kicks your ass and it doesn't care about how you feel about anything because its own agenda is being the School of Hard Knocks. It made no sense. And so when we really looked at it and the final nail in the coffin for me, when I said, that's it, my legacy is going to be helping 100 million entrepreneurs around the world truly take their business from founder funding to fortune is stop being the high ticket guy. And I was one of those guys. And I say that in disrespect to myself, knowing I could charge you $30,000 to become an architect master. Great. No problem. Made a lot of money. Here's the problem. I knew that 80% of the people would never complete the course. I knew it. I knew it because of how human dynamics work. And so I became part of the problem. And I realized when my elder son, who's 36, went through school, got his master's degree from USC, got his law degree from Georgetown and said, you know, I'm not sure I really want to be a lawyer. I could have said that before I went to Georgetown. Ah, it helped. Anyway, okay. And my younger son, who's 20, who is autistic and fully on the autistic spectrum, went through regular high school as well and came out and said, Dad, I just took a bunch of tests, but it didn't teach me anything. All he wants to do and currently does on his YouTube channel is be a puppeteer for Sesame Street because he loves helping other kids feel the way he felt as a kid. So when you look at that, both of those are uh, hey, I went through school, but I didn't have the passion. The other one is I went through school and I've got passion, but it has nothing to do with school. So the commonality was passion. And I'm not talking about, hey, it sounds really cool. And you know, I dress really sexy for a date passion. I'm talking about a burning, ignited desire to go through passion, purpose, mission, and vision and leave a legacy. Leave your legacy and know what that is. And the ultimate business quest is that summation of taking entrepreneurs to build empires. And the way you build empires is cooperation and fun. And you start to understand, hey, wait a minute. I don't have to go to, you know, I don't have to go to you, Philip, and say, Philip, so uh, what do you do? And uh, are you married? And uh, how many kids do you have? And what line of work are you in? By the time I've done that at a network meeting, by the fourth person, I don't give a crap who I'm talking to. I'm looking for the bar or for a Coca-Cola or when lunch is. I'm totally tuned out. No different than I'm trying to ramrod information into my brain like we did in high school. It's forgettable. And that's why we don't have transformational results. But if I snap you into a game, and say, gentlemen, here's what's going to happen. you got 15 minutes to figure out who's the warrior, the wizard, the bard, and the jester in the room. you got two questions asked. It's only two questions you can ask, and you'll be able to literally team build in 15 minutes and create networking in a whole new way. And from there, you'll be prepared to take off on a quest that's map one, map two, and map three, where you're going to meet fantastical characters. You're going to have over 30 hours of experiential entrepreneurial training with a blueprint checklist after each adventure so you know how to implement it in your business. And it makes it fun because if, fun, if you're not fun, having fun while you learn, you forget it. How do I know that? Because not one of us can remember crap from middle school, much less high school, but you know your first kiss and you know your first date and you know when you went to prom, but do you really give a crap about history class in junior or in your junior year or trigonometry or whatever you're in? No, you forgot it. So when you look at that, it's about fun. So when we really took our studies, we said, let's, when we beta tested this a couple of years back and started building the model, we knew that we had to keep it fun and we had to open up a fantastical way to change. All of us know we need to change. We know we need to transform. We know we're the success or the, or the failure of the glass ceiling of our own business. 
we don't have to get out of our own way. Why? Because we are the best hypnotists on the planet. We convince ourselves every single day of crap we know is not true for us down here. We'll convince ourselves up here, commonly called self-hypnosis, but we won't let ourselves truly unbridled, deep passion ignite and let it go. When that happens, it's contagious. You don't have to sell anybody. You don't have to convince anybody. You don't need to do one-time offer. I don't need to give you reverse analytics and upsell you and all that other stuff that sounds really sexy at a cocktail party. I just need to invite you and it's a yes or no. More often than not, it's a yes because it hits you in the place we all want to go, which is enjoy our life. And I quote and end on this. The great Alan Watts said, you know what? Life doesn't define death. Death defines life. Death is eminent. Life's a choice. If you want to go on the adventure of a lifetime, get in the quest, go make your legacy. If not, then you already know what you're going to get because you've already done it. Man. Okay. That's a There's lot only a little, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's that's also, it's also, it <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's why, that's why you made it a nap. Yeah. And it's also like, it's a, it's a lot of ground to cover to bring people to the context to where a conversation can take place and that much I can respect and you did it well. Um, thank you for that. I, I'm I'm at a place now where I, I clearly understand not only the origin of how it is this app, which took you know 30 years as its genesis, etc., to come to to come to fruition, but also I can respect a lot of the philosophy behind it. And when you tie it back to your own personal journey and how that came about, it looks like you've done a lot of the deep work yourself, uh, also in your journey, which makes sense given your studies, right? Uh, so, so with that said, uh, <laughs> because we only have so much time, and I want to make sure we get to some important things here. Uh, if you could have being who you are now spoken to yourself that day where uh, you were in school and you decided, I'm going to go into real estate. What would you have said to yourself knowing what you know now? Don't. Heart's <laughs> not there. Stop. Stop lying to yourself. Stop BSing yourself. Stop hypnotizing yourself. And by the way, I have a doctorate in hypnosis and clinical hypnotherapy. I know how it works. And yet I'm still subject to it because we slip into hypnosis every single moment. We're not really realizing we're doing it. And the sad travesty is of that is we could actually show people, and as part of what our educational side is, we go through the, uh, the accreditation process because part of our secondary journey is, what if we turned our educational system truly into a learning system? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be a great way to keep kids in their beautiful mastership and creativity and imagination and truly understand the business side of it without before they become adults, if you catch my drift? So for me, I would have said, hey, Travis, here's the truth. You know damn well at the age of 15, you love golf. Golf's always going to be in your life, but you don't love it enough to be on the PGA Tour. And you've got to. You have to have a burning, passionate desire. I know I coached on the tour for 10 years. I know what it takes. I've been there, done it, bought the season pass. You got to be a Tiger Woods kind of passion, which is why we all loved watching Tiger Woods when he was in his heyday, because we could feel his just, yeah, he was there. We all like, yes, I want to feel that because the rest of my life is, eh, I don't want to feel that. So we got to vicariously feel that experience through him and we could feel that palatable energy. What if your life was like that every day? Would you be willing to go on that journey? Or is the truth you're too scared because you're afraid you're going to judge yourself, you're going to do, your people are going to judge you. And that's what the ultimate business quest handles, but in a business realm, because it's in business where we can see the quick tangible results, right? So I would have said to Travis, said, Travis, take golf, use it for what it's worth. But the truth is you love working with people. You love developing companies. You love architecting them, culturally sales, putting them together, and then letting that person take their ride because it's their journey. Our job is to provide the blueprint and the schematics for you to have a great time and doing it, but learn what you need to learn and make it pop because when you get results, guess what happens? It's a cyclical effect. You start going. 
And it's like that train. Once it gets cranking, man, woo, you're, a, you're going from literally a choo-choo train to a bullet train. And next thing you know, you're leaving a legacy. And let's be honest, deep down inside in places we don't want to talk about in cocktail parties because it's scary. We all want to know that our life meant something and we left something behind, not just for our family and our offspring, but for other people. Because deep down inside, we're a social creature. It's time to return to that. And let's do it cooperatively. And let's have fun. Right on. Okay. And uh, I know I've been asking all the questions here. I want to make sure I give Jason a chance to tap into something. I'm sure throughout the entire conversation so far, there was a moment, two or 10, that he wanted to chime in on. Go ahead, Jason. (laughs) (laughs) Too too many to chime in on. But what I will say is this, is I remember my father. I was probably, I don't know, probably before high school, right? I don't know if you remember the movie Platoon. Um, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I come from a very long bloodline of military families. I did 23 years myself, um, retired, so on and so forth. And my dad used to always quote where the guy was getting on the, the helicopter with his stick. And he'd say, free your mind and your ass will follow. Yep. And that stuck with me as, uh, as I went through my life. And it's very much like the simplistic version of what you're talking about is, yeah. <laughs> Man, if we could have saved a lot of time if you just said that to the show, bro. Hey, Trav, this is the line. Free your mind, your ass will follow. Download the app. Got it. Show's over. <laughs> there you go. But that really stuck with me. And that's why I didn't follow the path, right? I didn't follow that, that same freaking, you know, live life on, you know, live life on the edge. You hear people say, I choose to live life on the bleeding edge. Literally not, not, not the edge. The edge is where it's safe, right? You got to live on where, where, where you're on the bleeding edge. Right. Right. And I've always chose to live there because I've always thought back where, you know, when I was a kid and even my kids now, right. Where I watched my little three-year-old and she's chasing a butterfly and you're just like, man, all the, all the good stuff that's going on in that brain during that time. Right is amazing to capture that. And my son, he's six, constantly giving me big business advice and telling me, because uh, he listens. Accurate. Yeah, he, he listens to me on, on my, uh, when I'm on my headphones talking to clients and, and he goes, dad, you know, when you were talking about this, that, or the other, I don't think that's correct. and probably accurate too (laughs) i'm like well can can you unpack that son (laughs) well i seen this episode of of uh, blah 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 blah, right right Right. (laughs) well and that's what we i I love that you said that because i learned a very powerful lesson from my autistic son because one of the things that transformed me was i've been you know dr fox i'm a master communicator i've been on stage fourteen thousand hours television blah 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 all this stuff great he came along, communication totally shifted because he was nonverbal. So I had to figure out how to communicate with him at a whole new level. Now that in and of itself, that doesn't make sense in business when you first hear it, but it does when you start to understand we're not just communicating at this conscious level, all three of us, we're talking subconsciously right now. And we're also talking shadowistically down at the heart level. And we can feel that in very different ways when we often ignore it. 
Also too, we're so petrified. And I love you told me the story about the sun because I had a similar one as well. Is we're petrified to be blissful. We are petrified little wusses. I'm talking male and female to be blissful. And I've learned the most powerful lesson watching my autistic son, which literally took about 30 seconds for him to teach me a lesson some 16 years ago, where he just was taking leaves. Instead of jumping in the big pile of leaves like you and I do, we're like, hey, jump a leaf, back, right, whatever. He took two leaves and stared at him, what seemed like forever. And to me, it was because I was impatient going, what are you going to do with this? Get to it, brain. And he takes them and he just starts crumpling them. And he was so present with it and so ignited by his own ability to crunch this and the sound that it makes and the texture that he felt and just being that present that he started flapping, which is what's called modulation for, for autistics. They get so overwhelmed with their emotions that they literally can't handle it. What a great way to live. I've never been that blissful about jack squat in my entire life. I've traveled the world, I've been on stage, and I don't, I'm, sorry, I'm bawling. I'm literally bawling like a three-year-old just watching him going, I've never known that bliss in my life. And he's doing it crunching leaves. According to the list of boxes that everyone's supposed to check off, I've done most of them or quite a few of them in my whole life. I'm not, I don't want to be braggadocious about it, but I was like, but I've never known that feeling. I don't know what the heck that feeling is. And I became extraordinarily obsessive. I want that feeling all the time. And I want to be surrounded by masters, kings and queens who want that same experience. Because at the end of the day, to your point, uh, life goes by like, just like that. You blink and it's over and you could miss it. And that's the travesty of it all. And we often get lost in the chase of, I'm going to go out and be getting the business and daddy and mom, you're going to work so hard to give you this life. Here's the problem. Well, you're out doing that. You bloody miss theirs. And they grow up and you've taught them the exact same crappy model that your intention was noble, but your application sucked because we didn't balance. And I don't know. I don't want to sit there and be like, yo, bro, Philip, and you know, you just got to be like balanced, bro. I don't mean that. (laughs) I'm talking about literally understanding as a king and queen, you can pull aspects of your life and manage your time as an entrepreneur. Part of your job is managing time. That means mastering your body, mastering your relationship with your significant other mastering time with your children. If you're working 24 hours a day, you're not an entrepreneur, you're a slave. You're a slave, end of discussion. You're done, right? If you're yanking and banking and that phone of yours is constantly in your hand and you're doing this and you're doing this and hold on, daddy's going to be there in a second. With all due respect, ladies and gentlemen, you don't have an entrepreneurial business. You have a job. Your job just happens to be in your name. So we, what we, part of what we also do is we teach BPR. It's, it's part of the IP that our CEO, she brought to the table and she's brilliant. She's a full-time bodybuilder herself. She's a mother of two, full-time coder, runs this entire company herself. And yet you'll find every single morning she's in the gym. That's her time. If you call her, man, you ain't getting a call back. And it's not that she's being rough. She's saying, this is my time. If I'm not balancing me, the entire company of the realm gets affected. All the people who are questing around the world get affected because she's not balanced in her own decisions. How often have we done that? Or even to your son, daddy's on the call right now, be right there. Two hours go by, he's asleep, we missed it. Mm -hmm. Is the model really working? So when I talk to entrepreneurs and we talk to companies all the time when we run them through the quest, we're like, time out. One of the things you're gonna experience in here is business personal relationship must be balanced. If not, your friendships, your relationships will wane because you're too busy all the time. Or your body will suffer, your health goes down, you gain weight, the relationship then suffers because now we're not maybe sexually as attracted as we once were because we're not physically paying attention, we're not mentally paying attention. But when you were dating, that's all you gave a crap about was your significant other. When did that balance shift? My question to all of us is, isn't that life all the time? Otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? You come here, you make some money, you pay some bills, you die. Really? 
Okay, then if you want to go down the spiritual road, then basically your entire spiritual ideology, whatever dogma you subscribe to, whatever religion or theology you subscribe to, becomes then worthless. It is a mental masturbation of a future life that you think you may or may not going to live. And here's the weirdest part. And I quote, taking off the quote of Alan Watts, I always say, look, guys, you have a guaranteed ticket that nobody can take away from you. You're guaranteed the ride of your life called death. And it's coming. No matter what, you got a ticket to ride that train. The question is, you don't know when you're boarding that train. You don't know when you're getting on it. But when you get on it, you ain't getting off it. Your money can't save you. Your health's not going to do anything. Your relationship can't stop it. Even your legacy cannot stop it. And I quote the great Stephen Jobs. Here's a man who truly did change the world. And yet it killed him. Is that balance? Is that really balance? My opportunity is no. Most of us don't want to go to that level, but we want a level of freedom. We want a level of comfort. We want to be able to take care of our kids, pay our bills, and not think about money and work at it. That's the balance it works through. Doesn't mean you can't do a hundred million or a billion dollar exit because the the quest can take you to that level. So you can go from a business to a brand to an exit. The question is, did you start it that way? Because if you don't, along the way in your journey, you're cracking your foundation is going to happen and you're going to have to fix it. So why not start to build your business with that foundation from the beginning, your company culture, your sales force, your hiring and firing process, your customer service integration, your, your, I mean, your client relation, make it fun because loyalty now more than ever to a customer and to a client, or excuse me, to a company is imperative because the audience has so much information. They can drop your ass like a hot rock. Bow, boom. They don't need to talk to you anymore. So taking care of them and making it fun and making that experience also comes from the understanding the psychology of how do I understand what drives Philip? What drives Jason? And I can do it with a couple of questions, even though I may have never seen you, never met you. It's a phone call or it's some sort of a customer service, even in chat, you can make it fun. When you make it fun, regardless of what they're doing, people will naturally gravitate towards fun because deep down inside in places, we all know we want to have fun because we're all running from the shadow. And that shadow is that little ticket that we all get to ride on that train is coming. But why not make it fun now and not at the end when it's too late? Because regret is the one thing you cannot undo in this life. Right on, man. Uh, <laughs> out of respect for time, I, I have to ask the grand finale. And you were right. You were right. You're like, if you really want to go on this ride, I don't think your show is long enough for this. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, the question well, I have is, no passion, if, if, so it's all my fault. I'm like, I'm the worst interview ever. I'm like, <laughs> no, no, no. You just, there's a, there's a lot of ground to cover. And I had to ask the question that I asked that opened the can of worms, you know, uh, sure. but, but that is, if you could have invited anybody, who would you have loved to have had here and why? Oh yeah. Great question. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal. I am a fan of Shaquille O'Neal. I have been, uh, for about the last six months, I have been stalking Shaquille, not from a weird place, but from a business perspective. Here's a gentleman who has truly shown what fun can be like in his business model. You know, you watch him go through his college career, watch him play, excuse me, professional basketball, but really you see it blossoming and really kind of come into this ecliptic event post NBA. Look at the business he's done. Look at the risks he's taken, but everything he does, he's grounded in who he is. He always remembers where he came from. He is never too big or too tall to go, well, I'm Shaquille O'Neal and you need to talk to my and he's out there in the streets playing b-ball where he started and teaching that legacy. And he's fun. He's laughable. He's a big teddy bear, but he's a great teacher. And I've been, I've been really saying, hey, Shaquille, have your people call my people. Let's go do lunch. Because he, to me, as an entrepreneur coming from sports into entrepreneur, is truly the embodiment of if you have fun in your life, you can truly transform it. And you can go to places you never thought possible. Because if you said, hey, Shaquille O'Neal, when he was playing for the Lakers, was going to be the business mogul that he is and the empire he has built post-NBA, people are like, really? 
have you seen him run? I mean, he's kind of <laughs> big guy, <laughs> but if you really watch him, you know, he's turned into a business empire. He is a brilliant human being, but it's always rooted in fun. I would invite Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, Shaquille, if your people are out there, give me a call. I'll fly to you. I know it's a big burden, but I'll come to you. Let's hang out because I really believe in the ultimate business quest. That is the most uh, common message or excuse me, most common denominator you can see is in Shaquille O'Neal. And I'm a huge fan of it. Right on. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm picking up what you're putting down. And uh, yeah, I remember watching, uh, I think it was uh, Sh- Sh- Shazam uh, back when I was a kid. I think he was, uh, it was a movie he was in, uh, he was like a genie. Uh, and then, you know, Shaq Fu, he made video games back in the day. I, I get it. No, I remember yeah. a big part of my childhood, actually. Yeah, and he makes, but, he uh, makes fun of himself, right? Not in a negative way, just to go, don't take it so seriously, man. Look, you know, look, I can make the three-point shot just like Michael Jordan can too, but I don't need to put all the pressure on myself to do it. Just have fun, take the shot. You can always take another one. And he really embodies that. And he teaches it to the kids. If you watch any of his stuff on social media or watch, if you've ever been around when he does that with kids, he's always about teaching them fun. He doesn't put pressure on them that, hey, man, you got to go to school. You got to get good grades. You got to do da, 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 da. He goes, hey, man, let's take a shot. Let's play together. And that impact on those children, I guarantee you, lasts a lifetime. That's exactly what the quest is all about. And that's what we all should be about changing our educational system. So kids can have fun and be creative and build businesses and build financial models for themselves. That by the the time they're 18 or 25, they're financially independent. They know how to run their life. And then they can choose what's the next adventure, not because they have to, or they need to get a job. They need to da, 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 da. It's because they have the ability to transform themselves. Of, I'm going to go climb that mountain or, or I'm going to take on that adventure or, hey, I am going to serve in the military because I've got something to give back, blah, 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 blah. But that's choice versus obligation. When we get an obligation, man, fun gets sucked right out of the room. So move into the space of choice and you'll have fun. And again, that's uh, Shaquille O'Neal to me embodies it. Just watch him. Right on. Thanks, man. Jason, you, you, I want to give you the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's all, in the military, we used to call it mandatory fun. <laughs> right. Oxymoronic, yeah. right? You know, the, the ball you had to get all gussied up for. Oh, and by the way, you had to pay for it, too. So I was right. like, <laughs> I got to pay 50 wow. bucks a plate and then go have mandatory fun. Yay. Right. Yay. <laughs> right. That makes so, no sense. Right? How do you have mandatory no, fun? I don't know. That's just what that's what everybody always called it. Say, yes, next month's mandatory fun. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up for so, that. Yeah, right. That was the problem. You didn't you didn't you didn't get the option to sign up for it. <laughs> there you go. Right back to where we started again, right? right. Mandatory fun. You will have fun. You yes, do as you're told. Right. You hit the wall, boy. Come on, Maggie. Right. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'll prove that point. I uh I coached Virginia, uh, Virginia Military Institute basketball about uh, 15 years ago. We said oh, okay. that later together. But what was interesting is when we got on the court, the military thing stopped. I was like, ah, ah. I said, I'm a military family. I understand its value. I 100%. I support our entire, uh, everybody who's in armed services in the United States, you'll always have our backing and our 501 always backs them from whatever they do, including my own son, who is a four-time special forces served and, and, and done in and out now as well. But what we did is we made basketball fun and we destroyed every record they ever had in BMI basketball. Coach Duber, the head coach, I was the, the, the sports psych for the entire team. And we built a model and the model was called OFOT. And we had to put on our socks. We had to put our jerseys. The other teams were trying to figure it out, which first of all, put them off balance psychologically because they're like, what's that mean? We're like, 
we could tell you, bro, we'd have to kill you. And we were dead serious about it. We just panned it, right? Which just kind of puts a gremlin in their head. But when you got down to what it was, this one family, one team, we called it OFOT. But it really bound us to have fun, rely on each other, trust each other. And isn't that what business is like? I mean, why would I hire the two of you if I don't trust you? If I have to watch you, manage you, put a, a, you got to get your KPIs done. You're not hitting the sales mark. Well, then what's the point of hiring you? And why would you want to work for it? It makes no sense as opposed to hire to the person who they are, not their resume, free them from that and let them create. Once they get a part of the movement, they will take you places you couldn't possibly fathom. And that's what makes it so much fun. And if they're not right for the realm, it's not your, it's not their fault. It's yours because you're hiring to the resume or you're hiring to what you think is the right opportunity as opposed to here's where they really are. And when you do that in a fun way, like we do archetypally with Warrior Wizard Bar Jester, and then we have you know 64 in our entire system as you go through the entire quest, you start to go, oh, I'm a lot like that too. And I'm like, yeah, now you get to see how to use all aspects of your personality in simplicity. Many of us would say, especially at military, hey, I'm a warrior. Yeah, but warrior is not defined the way it actually is archetypally the way it's defined in Hollywood. But warrior, you know, we say, well, I'm a warrior. I'm like, well, great. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Jason, you're a warrior. Well, that means 75% of your humanized potential is sitting on the bench and you're not using it because you have already said to yourself, I'm only this. Are you? No way. By the time you're 40, the average person has roughly 40 head, 40 voices running around their head. No, it does not mean you're psychotic or schizophrenic. It means you've bifurcated your personality to fit different value structures. So there's Jason, the father, there's Jason, the partner, there's Jason, the husband, there's Jason, the brother, there's Jason, the military man. And each part of your personality has a different value structure. Isn't it time as the king and queen of your life to use every part of your personality and get that crap off the bench so that you can bust through your KPIs, create the life that you want and have a damn good time doing it. And if you don't know how to do that, yeah, it's like beating your head against the wall and expecting it to become a door. It's totally insane. It makes no sense. And yet that's exactly what we're taught in business. And that's where we're the opposite about. And poor, poor Philip's not going, we were supposed to be done 20 minutes ago. <laughs> no, no. no, I'm thinking it's, to myself, like, I don't want to end it, but I have to. But, uh, but, course, but in, in my head, I'm like, well, the most important thing to ask before, uh, before I give Jason the floor to close it, as we usually do, is where do you want or where do you prefer for people to connect with you? Well, you can do it on social media. I, I'm one of those few that I still answer all my own social media. I don't have my assistants do all that or anybody on the team. I still do. I love people. I always have been. As you can see, this is all of my career behind me and many of it. Uh, you can go to Travis Fox 360 across any of them, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. But more importantly, if you really want to connect with me, connect with me inside the Quest app because we talk directly to our questers all the time so that they know what we're doing events. You can go to ultimatebusinessquest.com. That's ultimatebusinessquest.com. Or if you're Apple and Android, download it. The Ultimate Business Quest right on the app. It's a freemium app. Everybody gets to go through Map One for free. Why? Because now more than ever, everybody needs this education. They don't need a $30,000 or $20,000 high ticket item. Get in the game and play. And yes, it's not, hey, we're going to upsell you to this $40,000 package. No, it's $2.99. If you can't invest $2.99 to your journey, go get, become an employee. I'm quite sure one of the best <laughs> joints is hiring. So don't tell me it's about money because we've the maximum you can spend with us is 36 bucks for a year and you're going to get everything we've got. And we did it because that's the only way we could get to 100 million. We took the business models and said, 
It is about the smaller microtransaction that actually builds worldwide impact. And I cite Netflix, Amazon, Facebook, pick the model, right? They're all small so that everyone gets to play in the game. The days of high ticket item needs to stop. I'm a part of it. I hold myself in contempt, which is why I changed many years ago. And two, now with the great resignation and obviously some of the economic impact that's happening globally, everybody needs to be able to entrepreneurialize their own journey and the whole family can play. We have an E rating for everybody, which is something we were very passionate about from Apple and Android. We got it, which means your entire family can play this game. And why shouldn't they? Because that's the legacy is we as parents are teaching our children to take care of themselves, to be able to follow their dreams and passion. And as parents, we all say the same thing. So isn't time we just step up, actually own it. Hey, I just want you to be happy. Then give them the tools to do it. They, if they're going to be on their phone. Stop playing games that just do nothing in life. Play a game that's going to transform and build their own business. Next thing you know, they might be the next YouTube star. And you know, you know what? They're a multimillionaire before they're 18. And now they know how to build a business. So download the app. There it is. Jason, take it away, man. (laughs) There it is. Well, I always close the show with, uh, you know, we have 168 hours in a week. Thank you for stopping by and taking about 45 with us. Um, Because, hey, you know what? Life's too short in the end, right? To to, to rush, to do all these things, obviously. But uh, you took the time to be here and share with our audience. I hope they appreciate it because me and Philip do. Um, and there was a lot of things to go through with all of that. Watch it two or three times audience. Cause it's going to take that to grab it for sure. Um, and I, I can't wait to go back and watch it and grab the things I missed. Cause it was too quick. <laughs> so, so th- thanks for being here. We, we appreciate it a lot. Thank you. Thanks for having the show. Thanks for giving us the platform. Thanks for doing what you do. Hey people remember we're all on the same planet together. Nobody gets off this planet alive. If you only had 30 days left to live on this planet, would you be doing anything in your life you're doing right now? If you're any part of your answer is no, you owe it to yourself, to your family, to humanity, change, transform, download the app. It's going to cost you two bucks. If you can't get two bucks, man, we'll find it. We'll go down and stand the street sign together and say, we'll work for two bucks to do the ultimate business quest. You can do this. It's now more than ever inside. You're, you're always on this thing. Isn't it time this thing started making money for you and teaching you something as opposed to just, hey, that's a really cool post. So thanks for giving me an outlet to do that. Thank you for allowing us to speak freely because mainstream media doesn't do that. We all know that. And thanks for putting the time in because I know what it takes to produce these shows because we obviously have you know the Ultimate Business Quest podcast as well. So I'm really grateful for you guys. Thanks for letting me be on the show. Thanks for letting me talk. Right on, awesome. man. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts, Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.